Hey there, and welcome to Reaching Out with Michael Constable. I'm your host, Michael, and Reaching Out is a podcast on a mission to make coming out easier through story sharing. On this week's episode, we chat with Justin Landsman. Justin is a friend I met in San Francisco relatively recently, and I've been looking forward to talking to him on the podcast for a while. Not only because of his coming out story, but also because he's a super talented film photographer. We actually spend the first chunk of the show talking about photography, where we discuss our creative processes, the difference between our shooting styles, he shoots film while I shoot on digital, and battling imposter syndrome. If you want to skip ahead to his coming out story, you can bop right over to about the 25 minute mark. Once we finally do get to Justin's coming out story, things get spicy. Justin talks about feeling different his whole life, even to the point where his mom asked at a young age if he wanted to be a girl. His answer might surprise you. We also talk about his fraternity experience in college, which he claims was low-key pretty gay. I even say phrases like pull chicks and chill to pull ratio, which actually makes me want to physically crawl out of my skin at this very moment. Justin also tells us about a trip to Copenhagen that resulted in a 36-hour whirlwind romance with a boy that not only led him to finally being able to picture himself living a gay life, but also brought him to come out to his family. This leads to a very fun convo about what I refer to as microships, brief but powerful relationships that can happen while you're traveling. I actually learned how to date and how to do other things <laughs> through microships, so I really loved this part. Finally, we talk about how Justin initially struggled to find his place in the gay community when he first moved to San Francisco because it took him a while to find his people. Justin is such a nice, talented guy. I'm really excited for you to meet him. Check it out. Justin Landsman, welcome to Reaching Out. Thank you so much for being with me today. Yeah, thank you. Super excited. Uh, Justin, do you want to give a quick introduction to to yourself for the audience? Yeah, absolutely. So, hi, I'm uh, Justin Landsman. Originally from New York, upstate, Ithaca, New York, uh, moved to Manhattan in high school. And, uh, you know, I, I identify as gay. Um, my pronouns are he, him. And I don't know, I'm, I'm super excited to kind of talk about this journey from that young boy in Ithaca, New York, to now out in the gay mecca of San Francisco. Yeah, it's San Francisco. Yeah, and you were, uh, you got in contact with me through the Google form that I have set up. And it's all your story. And it sounded, I mean, from what you put on the forum, it sounded uh, like you have a really, you know, interesting background. And I'm excited to kind of like dig a little bit deeper and hear more about it. Um, I think there's, it seemed like there are a lot of like relatable themes that I think the audience uh, for people who are, you know, coming out and who are either or contemplating coming out or struggling with coming out. I think, I think there's a lot of relatability from what I've, I've seen in your story so far. And so I'm really excited to have you on to, to share it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I feel like I, I've, I've been like talking to people and it's like, yeah, you got to do this for the young queers, you know, like just let them let them hear something that could identify with. So it's, I'm excited. I hope it touches someone. <laughs> and even even not just the even not just for for young queer people. Too. True. I think there's like even like recently I've met people who I met someone who's in their upper 30s and they're still like kind of going through some of the stuff that people are went through in high school but you know they're going through it in their upper 30s and so it's like just a you know it's it was a nice reminder to me too that it's you know I think we I think in general like it's easy to say like oh it's like so easy to come out now or like it's like you know the times are so much easier you know and in generally like, like that's probably true but you know even today like everybody still has their own journey and everyone's like kind of on their own timeline so uh, always a good reminder. Um, and also you, one of the, another reason why I was excited to chat with you is you are a photographer and obviously I, yeah, I've gotten into yeah. photography over the last couple of years. Um, and so I've really enjoyed seeing your stuff. 
Uh, and so like, could you, you want to talk to, a little bit about that? I kind of want to hear your photography background, just honestly, kind of for, yeah. my, own, <laughs> for my own knowledge. No, for sure. Yeah. I feel like that's like what we connected on at first too. Yeah. Like, uh, I think you just, you just go back from like Mexico or something and taking some dope photos. It's, oh, I'm still there. I, I'm here still. <laughs> You're in Mexico. Oh, shit. yeah. I'm here for a couple cool. months. I'm here for a couple Oh, months. amazing. Wow. That remote world. Like you have no idea. That's yeah, sick. I know. <laughs> oh, good for you. <laughs> I'm like, well, you I was could just be back in, in SF like a week ago. Okay. Maybe, yeah. maybe it was like some Instagram, some, some world. You yeah. never know what anyone's up to. You never know. You never um, yeah. <laughs> uh, personally. So I, I, yeah, I guess I now identify as a photographer. I, um, like got into it. Like it's, it's all film photography that I'm into. So I got into it when I was in high school, I borrowed my friend's dad's camera and I just like used it all senior year and got very, got very into film. And I was using digital a little bit, but like film is what really spoke to me. And I had to give that camera back. And I just like usually used to like document time, you know, like pictures of my friends, like what we were doing. Um, but then I slowly like, I actually lost touch with it all through college, you know, like life gets busy and, you know, you're finding yourself in studying or, you know, whatever the heck goes on in college. Um, yeah. But I was then gifted a another camera my senior year of college and I kind of got back into it. Similar format, you know, just documenting life kind of like a way for me to look back and see like, oh, this was my life growing up. This was me in college. But it's actually only recently, like when the pandemic hit, I was laid off from my job. I was going through some like pretty, like, I don't know, everyone was going through stressful stuff. And my own personal world was like a little bit of heartbreak, a little bit of moving, a little bit of laid off. It was just kind of like, where do I find this outlet? And I had nothing to document anymore because time was, you know, frozen during the pandemic. So I kind of figured out a way to like, make it more artistic. And ever since then, it's kind of like, I found my style, I use double exposure to kind yeah, of I was gonna ask about that. two I photos. Of, double exposure. Yeah, no, it's it's really become like my thing. I'm really I'm really like my brand. And I'm, I'm really into the whole double exposure of everything. And this city itself is like my muse. It's so so beautiful. Um, but I, I finally got into it. I started selling stuff. I have my art up at a bar. It's like it's slow. It's yes. like so weird to like watch this slow process. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's interesting. Because I feel like often it's like, you have like the self criticism of like, am I even an artist? Like I just but then it's like, you start seeing little baby steps, like people want to buy something from you, like a bar is interested in putting it up. And like, slowly but surely, you're like, known as a photographer, <laughs> and which is cool. It's not my job or anything. But uh, yeah, I very much enjoy it. Yeah. It's, okay, your story. Like, I mean, I didn't get into it as early as early as you did. But uh, a lot of what you just said, I was like, that is exactly kind of how I felt of the last couple of years getting yeah. into it. Um, I like, I wish that I also, I'm like so jealous you got into it younger, like in college. I feel like I had, I didn't even do anything creative with my life and like, or like, wasn't even like finding myself in college. I don't even know. Like, I was just like, I don't know. I was in a fraternity and I just like, wasn't, I was just like, drinking. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, same. It's like, it's like, I was, I was just drinking. I was in a fraternity too. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I even I've even as I've been thinking about this podcast and like I I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's like kind of like coming out and creativity kind of like went hand in hand together. Yeah. And I and like maybe for me if I was like younger than you, like it came later in life. But it's like I don't know. I I realize like whoa, I can be creative and I can I can do this stuff and I can be colorful and I don't know. So yeah, I think there could. I definitely think there's probably like a some sort of correlation between like coming out because you're I mean you're not even maybe not even just related to uh like the sexuality piece of it but it's just like your mind is just open to a bunch of different other possibilities than it was before you're just like not as like shut off 
in a lot of different ways. And so yeah. I think that probably has something to do with it. And like, I, I totally feel you on like the, like I still have imposter syndrome with photography. And like when people call me, like call me a photographer, or like say like, Oh yeah, you're Michael. He's a photographer. Like introduce me as that to somebody. I'm like, Oh my God. Like I can't like, <laughs> I, like yeah. I like want to like no, curl, curl, curl up and like hide when I'm like, but I'm like, okay. I like, for me, it started I like I, I traveled, I did remote year and did this like travel thing for a year and I just had my iPhone seven and I was like trying to take photos and my like editing style was literally, I don't even know what I used to edit, but essentially what I do is like, all I do is try to like, I just smash the like saturation up <laughs> as like high as it can go. And so like, if kind of what you said to like see how your style has has grown and everything it's like it's really fun for me to like scroll all the way down in my instagram of like back when i was traveling on remote year on my iphone 7 smashing like the green and the blue like the blue sky and the green grass is like it is so unnatural and disgusting but like for me that was like i thought that looked good and then it's really fun to like scroll up and then kind of see how you now i can see when i i could see when i got my first camera that i could see when i started like (laughs) learning how to edit and then I can see, you know, all of this stuff. And so it, and it was actually uh, similar to you. It was like COVID for me is um, it was like last, I mean, it really was last February, I think is when I started to like really get into it. And, I, and it started because I remember I was doing whole 30 and I had like nothing to do. Cause you like, mm. you don't go out when you're doing whole 30. <laughs> and so, yeah, and so yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I like die. I like dove into uh, YouTube videos on how to edit. Cause I, for some reason when I'm traveling, I have like a lot of motivation to bring the camera out and like take photos. But when I am in San Francisco, for some reason, I in, at least like until like around this time, I like forgot that I even had a camera. Like, I don't know. I just couldn't even like be bothered to take it out. But then in, in COVID and during Whole30, I kind of got this like renewed sense of like, uh, like creative, creative inspiration. I feel like it be, it becomes like one of those things that you you just bring with you everywhere eventually. And then it's like, Oh crap, I have no excuse. It's like, it's like a weird, sorry. That's like a, it's like a weird art thing that I've been like recognizing is like, Oh, like I actually want to like live in this moment and not always take photos of it. There's like a healthy balance of like, Oh, I actually just want to like be here, but I also want to capture it for later. And it's like, sometimes I'm like actually leave the camera at home. So you're not just like spending the whole walk, like taking photos of stuff. Just like um, thinking of like what would be it? Oh, this would be a cool shot or something like that. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. it's like okay, but you can also just like enjoy it and like live in it and like maybe go back another day or something. Yeah, um, that's true too. It's like you can go back another day. And do you like? I don't know. I find myself like walking around. I remember specifically like this happened a lot last year when I was getting into photography big time. It was like I just like everything I would look at. I'd be like, oh, that'd be a cool shot, and I would like think of how to like frame something or like, and then I'd be take like mental notes and be like, okay, I need to come back here with my camera. And like, I'd just start, I would think I would start thinking in photos and like frames. And it was, it was oh, actually kind of cool. It was kind of cool. Cause yeah. it's like, okay, like I'm, my, my brain has literally never done this. I'm like, so it, no, it kind yeah, of felt yeah. like you're, you're like, I was like doing something. It felt like I was like growing and like, you know, learning. Well, and it's like, and it's in like a healthy way. It's like, it's not like you're learning in like, Oh, like, yeah. Like this Instagram chime is going to give me a rush of dopamine. It's more like, especially like my double exposure now I'm like looking at stuff and I'm like, wait, what could I layer on top of that to make it look a certain way? Cause it's like all film, all unedited. And it's like, it's all raw of what I see. So it's like, I was actually noticing that on a walk yesterday. I just went on a walk like by myself. I had a whole roll of film and I just took photos and I was like, it's so weird. I literally look at this, like this world in front of me as like what it would look like final product after it's yeah. gone through process. And it's like, it's kind of like, it's really trippy. It's just like, whoa, like, I, I don't know. 
I feel like it's with fun. double exposure too, like you, it's like another, it's an added layer of like, I, don't, I honestly have it no, is, yeah. I have no clue how double exposure works. Uh, obviously I know there's oh two exposures, but I don't understand like how you yeah. create, like how you layer the two or I, I don't know. I don't know how it works. Cause I, I did just get my first film camera recently though, as a gift. And so, um, yeah. I've taken approximately one photo on it. I still don't really know how to use it and I don't even know how to like what to do with the film itself yet. But I, I might, one of my goals while I'm in Mexico city is, uh, is to like take it out with me more and into like start using it because the colors here are so are so incredible and vibrant I've, everywhere. I've never been down there. I feel like that's it looks almost like San oh, Francisco in a way with how colorful it is. Yeah, you, I, I really I really want it's Mexico City that you're in, right? I'm in Mexico City. Yeah, no, I've heard such, and I also hear it's like quite queer. I hear it's just like a vibrant artsy place. Um, yeah, yeah, I definitely need to get down there. It is, and it's kind of fun because I've I've spent a lot of time in Mexico City, and uh, but most of it was while I was in like the I've been you know I don't know like seven separate visits like of varying lengths because when I was like nomadic and stuff, and for most of that time though I was like in the closet, so like I don't know the queer scene here at all really. Um, I have started to make gay friends here, which has been really nice. They're fellow um, fellow nomads, so uh, you know they. So it's like I'm still like trying to like I haven't met like many like local gays here yet uh or local queer people but i'm starting to make some like nomad uh like queer nomadic friends and who have been here for a while and so they like know the scene decently well and so i'm like i'm starting to like kind of understand it a little bit better um which is fun because like this is my favorite city in the world and like but and obviously like being queer is like a big part of you know my life and then at san francisco it you know it's constant it's like you know it's just like that is your life like if you're living in the castro or the mission and uh, you know, and lower hate and stuff. It's like, you're just constantly like surrounded by it and immersed in it, uh, which is really fun. And so like, not, I, fa- I found since being here for this last month, being removed from all that was like, it was kind of like a little bit shocking. I was like, I really like miss, I miss like being around like in queer environments and queer spaces all the time. Like, um, you know, obviously it's really nice to be in like a new location and it's like fun. And it's like, you know, newness is always, you know, I like change. So um, it's been nice, but like, I've missed, I've definitely missed that aspect. So um you definitely should come down and there's a photographer one of my favorite photographer he's a film photographer uh used to live in san francisco you, you probably do you know who brian chorsky is oh yeah i've seen like his yeah yeah i've seen his yeah. name yeah <laughs> it's it's so funny how there's like the community of people that just like know each other by instagram yeah <laughs> right around the time as i started like trying to i just air, why did i air quote that see that that's my imposter syndrome coming in yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it, it takes a it takes a while <laughs> Well, my friend Albert sent me his um, his handle when I started taking photography more seriously. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy is incredible. Um, and he has like a, some really cool shots from Mexico City uh, on film that I, I'm i like, I don't want to like, I'm not trying to like imitate them, but I want to like go to these places that he took these photos and kind of, you know, put my own spin on it. But yeah, I'm excited to dive into film a little bit more. I just need to like learn how to do all of it. <laughs> so, yeah. And like I, I've taken like... I mean, talk about an expensive hobby or like whatever practice. Like I, I now make some money off of it, but it probably does not even pay for how much it's costed. Like I've taken, I look at like my Google drive folders and I'm like, I have like 40 rolls a year. So it's like, and, and, and on each roll, you'll get like five that are good. So it's, it's, it's like, I am actually, I am at a place where I like am proud and like know how to do it. But even sometimes I take a whole roll and I'm like, Oh, they're all duds. That fucking sucks. But it's like, it's really film is the most like trial and error thing there is because you can't manipulate it in the moment. You just got to wait. Yeah. It's like not to bring it back to Brian Chorsky, but he like, I've started watching like YouTube videos of photographers that just like go out and shoot. And it's like, 
it, for some reason it's like really fascinating and i get I, I think it's like 40 minute videos of them just like ex- walking around san francisco or walking around different places and just shooting and it's like really awesome to watch to like see their creative process and one thing that i think is so interesting about film versus digital is i just like was so surprised at like the intentionality that he puts into like every shot because you can't just like hold the button down and like take a bunch of photos <laughs> like i can't oh yeah, yeah on my sony it's like you have to like you have to get the right frame you have to get the right composure like you have to do all the composition you have to do all of it i've been learning to like rapid fire more you know what i mean like where i'm like eh, i'd rather take a few of this same kind of shot to like make sure it comes out well but like at first you're like wait i only have 24 or 36 exposures like I don't want to waste it. And I've just learned that I'm like, always have like a backup role with you. So you can like put it in if you run out, but yeah. So yeah. you can like make sure you like adjust aperture, right. Or you get, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Like you definitely don't yeah. have unlimited though. Like you do digital. Um, yeah. I've actually like, I I'm in a, I'm in a place where I totally want to like, I don't know. This is, this is news, but I'm, I'm leaving San Francisco at the end of the month. And I'm like, Oh wow. Uh, it's like, I kind of want to like start this to be like, I'm going to, I'm going to Denver, which will be like, the next spot i lived there before here it's like home to me in some ways like my brother lives there my friends are there but two things that i'm noticing like even with what you said is like going back to like mexico city being like a queer place or not a queer place or not as much as san francisco it's like you notice in like say denver like you don't see same couples same sex couples like drinking coffee together as much as you do here and i'm like wait i want to like travel through certain cities like in a nomadic photography way and like kind of capture them based on like whatever that city's vibe is and it's yeah. it's like i even just saw like a list of like the most queer cities like in the world and you got like amsterdam and like san francisco or like whatever and it's i don't know it's it's gonna be i think i want to like start being more nomadic and like i feel like i could take photos of san francisco forever but it's time to like take photos of another city because <laughs> it's like my brand is now san francisco yeah, I mean, my brand in San Francisco is literally Dolores Park. I feel like I, I mean, I lived, yeah. uh, I, like, in fairness, I had my bedroom faced Dolores Park, so I couldn't help but like see it every day. So, like, and I just, you know, it was just like so easy to do. And so I will say, right before I came here, I was like, I, the last like couple months, I just like wasn't in like a, I wasn't taking as many photos, but like since being here, I want to bring it with me every time I leave my apartment. I want to take, I, like, I've, I, I've found so many cool shots just on my, uh, on the street I'm on. There's yeah, just, it's like, all orange... new. It's all new. Yeah. There's this one orange car that ke- that's <laughs> consistently on the street, but in different spots, and it's in front of like all these cool houses. And like I have like ten photos of just this one car that's in different sick. spots. And it's like I don't even have to. I have to go. A bl- I just have to go a block, and it's like it's going to be doing yeah. something cool that I want to take a photo of. So um, being in different spots is for- definitely does that. I like totally feel that like similarity. Yeah, it's just like even on my say I like walked up just like. Like I live in Coal Valley and I just walked up the street, Clayton Street, and I took like 20 photos. I mean, I was like a little stoned and I'm just like, oh, like, here we go. Like, here's going to be like 20 photos on one roll, but it's going to be like of little different things. And I don't know. It's it's fun. Um, well, now that we've talked 20 minutes about photography on a coming out podcast. Like, <laughs> Literally, yeah. Trans- this is a photography <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, should I? Should we could I table that. For too? Yeah. Probably, yeah, at this point. Yeah. Well, wait, actually, I do want to, one more thing on photography, which, because you did something really cool that I want to like shout out. You have some art in, uh, at Woods, which is like a beer. Woods is like, yeah, Woods is like a beer. Yeah. No, it is, I think, a brewery. They, they brew their own stuff. Um, but they have like wine too. They don't have hard alcohol, but yeah, there's a few Woods throughout the city. And I, I love Woods. was just in, I was like, yeah, Woods is great. The one in Lower Hate is like super trendy. The one in the Outer Sunset yeah. has like all like the cool, trendy, like Outer Sunset people. Um, and I, 
I was just down there and I just asked the guy because I sort of knew someone that had their paintings up and it had been up for a while. I was like, can I go next? And he was super cool. And I had like this amazing opening where like all my loved ones came and it was like, it was so lovely. I felt so, I, that was like my artist moment. I was like, whoa, these yeah. people like are here. Like, and I don't know if I've sold anything like, or if it's like any exposure, it's just like, I go there and like, I have this amazing friend, Chelsea. And like, she helped me set it up because that's kind of like her job is like curating stuff and art and interior design and furniture and such. So she helped me set it up and it looks, it just like looks so beautiful, whether like people see it or I mean, people do see it because there's traffic yeah. in the bar, but it feels really cool to like be up in a public space. So yeah, thanks. That's right? awesome. Yeah. Okay. I think that's, I think that's so cool. And I love wood. So like the fact that it was there, I was like, yeah. I thought it was like the coolest thing. And uh, also what I like, so you just asked if you could, what'd you say? You're just like, can I, I am a photographer. I have, I literally was like, yeah, and here's like my Instagram. Like, do you like it? And like, I'm at, again, like, I'm not at the <laughs> do you like it in front of anymore. Yeah, I like brought some prints. I'm like, these are good. These could be out because like I also had like a lot of beachy themed ones. I don't know, but I'm actually I'm like kind of past the imposter syndrome point where I'm like, I do yeah. have a style and I'm like really proud of it. And like, yeah. I, I know like it's will be. I know that it will be liked, which is like a weird. I don't know. You should, you should be proud of yourself. You should be confident, but it is like a weird thing. But uh, yeah. yeah, I just asked and like, I was going to go up at a coffee shop next, but now that I'm going to be like moving, I'm just going to like kind of sell everything and find maybe some spot in Denver or like somewhere else in the world to put up my art. It's like, this feels like just the beginning in some ways. So I'm like really excited. Yeah, that's awesome. I am about to have, I, I think I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. I don't, it hasn't happened yet. So I don't want to like jinx it, but I think I'm about to have my first, uh, photo in a bar as well in san francisco which i'm really Sick. excited about yeah oh, which yeah. bar is that um it is lobby bar which is my friend jesse's bar um uh, which is opening uh pretty soon in the next couple of weeks i think oh, cool. and he reached out and asked if uh he could use one of my photos of obviously dolores bar it's from dolores bar yeah yeah <laughs> no i mean san francisco is so iconic that's that's so cool yeah wow. yeah and it's it, it is, it yeah. is the, the coolest part Again, I know I realize we were like 25 minutes in and we're already still talking about photography, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. I will say the coolest one of the coolest things that I, I am taking away from this experience of the, this photo I'm talking about is like, I remember the day I did not, I was just like, I felt bad that I hadn't taken photos and I was like, I just need to like literally force myself to get out of this house and like, because I was like going stir crazy and walk after work and just like walk to like Noe Valley and through the Castro and like kind of by Twin Peaks and stuff and just like take photos, just like do it. I, and I remember thinking during the whole, I just, you know, during like the two or three mile walk I was on, I was like, I don't like, none of this is like, I don't like any of this. Like none of it's turning out. I don't think. Um, and I was just like, kind of bummed. And then I, I'm walking back. I'm literally like at the corner of like 20th and church and I live on 20th and Dolores. So like I'm a block away from home. And I, it was like this really cool sunset. And I had this like really cool frame of like this tree that was framing like the skyline of downtown um, and the sunset was happening and everything looked so fucking cool. And I remember I took this, it was the last photo I took of the whole, the whole like two hours I was out and it ended up being this like one that I was like so stoked about. And um, it was just like, a, and then now that if it does end up, you know, coming to fruition and being in lobby bar, um, you know, I just think it's so cool that like, I, even like the smallest moment or like a time you don't think it's going to be like cool or like not, you know, you're not like super motivated or like super inspired. Something awesome can come from that. And I think that's a really cool thing about photography. Like just bring the camera, just bring the cameras. Like no, that's, yeah. what I'm, that's what I'm taking away from that experience. Hell yeah. And that's like, I guess exactly like how I feel when I'm like, it's like a roll of film and it's like 36 of them suck or like 35 of them suck. And then just one of them's good. It's like, yeah, okay, I that's guess that was worth takes. it. 
that's all yeah. it takes. This is that one to like get mm-hmm. you like excited and motivated by it. But that's awesome. I'm so excited to see what you do in Denver with your with your double yeah. exposure. I like, and I also no, like. I need to like learn how to do. I can I like do that with my camera? Like, can any film camera do it? Probably. I mean, my, my camera makes it easy, and like me and you, we can start our own like photography podcast. I just like there we go. My yeah. camera does make it easy <laughs> to like uh, multiple exposures. So like, there's kind of like it's it's an easier version of it. So I'm actually it's kind of, I don't know. I feel like I cheat a little bit. That's not true. I obviously know what I'm doing, but I, I, I think oh, you I could don't. do double exposure with both. Yeah. I honestly don't. <laughs> Even with like digital, I'm like, I, people like ask me photography questions. Like, I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I'm like, I, well, it's I like know having the, the eye, like you have the, I eye. know the bare minimum of like the technical aspects of photography. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's just creative. Yeah. I'm just finding a way to make it work. Um, okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> So this was actually, that was really fun for me to talk about. I don't have like photography, yeah, yeah. photography talks very often. So that was, that was awesome. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram, right? Follow us on Instagram. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's shift over to the real reason we're here. Yeah. Let's get into your, your coming out story. So like when you, when, you know, when you started thinking about this, the podcast getting ready and like kind of thinking through your coming out journey, uh, where, where does your start? Uh, I mean, that's like, that's what's so interesting about it, especially like you gave me some prompts and I was thinking about it. It's like so much of it is almost like blacked out until you think about it, you know, like it's, I feel like I'm living my gay life in San Francisco and it's like, I'm so comfortable with myself to a point where it's like, you have to bring yourself back to like, when was the first time I like thought about the same sex that way? Or I thought I was different. And it's like, I mean, I, I specifically feel like I always felt like I was different, you know, like my whole life maybe related to being gay, maybe not. Like I was like a very obese child. Like I was like made fun of by my older brother. Like I was kind of like, I always felt very different. I was like kind of artsy. I, I don't know. I just feel like it was never even necessarily like a gay thing that I felt different, but I, there was, and it's almost like, this is kind of like an end of a story that happened in the beginning, but there was this time that I was like, I, I knew that I like, I didn't know how to phrase it. And I like was so upset and I was so close with my mom and I was just like, really upset to her and I like didn't know how to like explain it I could have been in like middle school even like maybe like sixth grade and I had her um like kind of guess what was like wrong you know because I couldn't really even verbalize it she's like like almost like prompt me with questions and like I was just kind of like crying like really young and like she said like this 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 and I was like no she's like do you like want to be a girl and like my like which is actually like, so cool for a mom to like be like aware of like yeah. maybe even, like trans stuff ahead of its time and I was like, sort of, and then that's kind of, which is like also interesting that like identifying, like being a girl with like liking the same sex. And it was just like, it like came out and it was like, I was so, I was so young and it was just like, let's not like talk to dad about this. Like, let's just keep this me and you. And then it literally was like, never talked about again, which was like on me. Cause like, I, I was kind of like, that was just like a bad night. And I kind of moved on from that. And I don't know, I just continued living my life. Like my mom might know this thing is happening, but I'm like, still gonna be like that was just kind of like like kids are kids like they don't know what they want like i don't know just like a confused child that's really interesting that that was the prompt that she had honestly kudos to her to like for even you know feeling comfortable enough to like bring that and ask you i feel like it's interesting that i like said sort of you know what i mean like it's like that wasn't it but it's like it's, it's our only way of like being like young and not really knowing like well like yeah girls like boys so like maybe yeah I don't know. Yeah, like, well, like you said, you like didn't have the vocabulary to. No, not at all. To articulate it at all, yeah, you, it's very you know, you're middle school, you don't know. 
Yeah. I mean, and like, so I was, I don't know. It's, so that was kind of like, that's almost like a weird thing that like was never talked about again. I know my, my mom's like the sweetest, like liberal vegan hippie, you know, like she, she's awesome. Like she's probably like happier that I'm gay than not. So it's like, it's awesome. But I, I, love I, that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And, and I, I, so I like felt very comfortable with her and like, we're like really close now, but I, it was never really talked about again. And like, I just like went on to middle school, high school. I was living in upstate New York at the time. And I, um, I like always like liked musicals, like rent was my favorite musical, which is like a queer yes. AIDS musical. And like my dad, like one time, like picked me up from school and like drove me to Manhattan to like go see it. And I'm like, it's really supportive and cool, but it's not really considered like anything to do with my sexuality. It's like, just like, Oh, he likes musicals. Like he's artsy. He's not into sports. He's, he's like, he mostly only has girlfriends. He's very sensitive. Like, I don't know. It's like, these are, I was never really asked if I was gay or like assumed, but I, these to me looking back, I'm like, guys, wasn't it pretty clear that I like was like a little, little gay boy. <laughs> Wait, before, before we continue, I do want to like, I do want to say, I, I like said I like never I didn't watch Rent till like in the last couple of months and I oh, loved sick. it and I know and I I'm like sad I didn't and this is the second straight podcast interview on the show um the episode that came out last week with uh, Michael Lee he also referenced Rent and like how it, I mean for him it was like a actual a specific relationship uh, Angel and her boyfriend's relationship like just opened up his eyes to like what being queer could mean and so I think it's like I love when there are like these. I think because I think a lot of people our age like grew up with very like queer representation in TV, movies, all of that stuff. Um, I think like everybody like mentions like Will and Grace, you know, I think that's like the a very standard yeah. one. But then it's really cool um, nowadays. And like, I mean, obviously, Rent was a while ago, but it's really cool when there are these like pieces that like opened up a lot of people's minds. I think it's like a really cool, like common, like common thread. And on that note, I'm watching one. I'm watching one right now. Have you ever seen Sex Education? Oh, I love Sex Education. Yeah, it's so uh, good. I was sobbing the other day. I was. I watched. Do you, do you remember the bus scene with Amy? Yeah, when yeah. all the girls wait, go wait, wait, wait. on the bus with her, and yeah, yeah, she was oh, to get oh on the bus. yeah, oh, just like be like proud, like to be there with her, to like, yeah, no, absolutely, no, there's, yeah, and that like, and that's like not related to being queerness, but that could be like something for yeah. someone who like has experience. Yeah, exactly. That well, I, I guess, like, yeah, I guess I, I, all right, I definitely deviated from the point I was trying to make there. Yeah, no, <laughs> but, no, 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 for sure. But I'm saying like. I feel like sex education, like we had stuff like rent and some other, you know, other uh, things that came out, um, you know, while we were growing up and obviously there's a lot more now, but like stuff like having, if we had stuff like sex education, I feel like as growing up, like no, that shows so many different aspects of like queer life in like from the lens of a high schooler and like it normalizes so much of it that like, I like wish that we had, that we could have had this, you know, when we're growing up, but like rent was like one of those things. It was like where it, a lot of people who saw it at a young age were like, they it just kind of it was like that thing that like kind of helped them it helped people through through some tough times so but it's like it's and it's like interesting because like it's hard to compare but like rent or will and grace like walked so that like sex yeah. education could run you know For what i mean sure. it's like yeah it did set it up and like my whole family like we were obsessed with friends we were like a friends family and like it's i actually wrote a paper on this in high school and college i'll get to that but i like studied a lot of gender and sexuality in college and like friends is like kind of bad <laughs> like in terms of like all the boys are like always making fun of each other for like being gay or like like even like ross's wife was a lesbian and like ruined his life which like even her being a character was cool but yeah it's like so interesting that like even within this like the biggest show at the time it was like gay was like 
not really it was kind of like a put down it was there was no gay characters i mean all the characters are white too but like it's it is great to see like how far we've come in representation if, and that was I feel like it, a lot of what i studied i feel like if you watch <laughs> anything from like 2005 earlier like from the 90s yeah. a lot of stuff does not age well like stuff that you know it's gr- bad like, I, that i grew up like loving and i don't even like i didn't even realize how like what like some of the like the the messages that it's sending and now you're looking back on it and you're like Oh God! Like that was. Not it's bad. Okay. It's like hard to watch now. Yeah. For like gay and for like especially trans too. Like there's a lot of like trans, so much transphobia in a lot of shows. Like uh, I think it's like one of like the Ace Ventura. Oh yeah, Ace Ventura does like a really bad. Like there. oh my God! Like I I like look back on some of this stuff. I'm like this is not good. <laughs> like it's not. But it good. only. But then it, it just like it's just it's beautiful to see like what's being created now and like generations that are growing up with it. And like I know sure. we even talked about how like. Everyone has their own journey. Um, but I do think that there's probably like because of media and like seeing yourself and not and even like as we started to evolve and like as we grew up, like we're similar ages, seeing that there at least was a gay character, but he was like the annoying like friend who was just like a certain way and was like boxed in this certain thing. And it was like, I don't know, it's it's we don't have that anymore. We have like so many different like sex education has like so many different forms of queer and it's yeah and awesome. Yeah, and the way yeah, I mean, I could go on and on and on a tangent about sex education. Right? Yeah, media, like, media like, is it. <laughs> I'm like in, I'm like in it, and uh, it's funny because I have a friend. The reason I'm watching sex education right now is because I have this friend who I met pretty recently, and I instantly clicked with her, and I was like, I want you to be on my podcast so bad because like she is just this amazing person who I think is so great at like articulating like her experience and stuff from what the little we've talked about, and she goes, I'll be on your podcast. But you have to watch sex. You have to finish sex education because I oh, have sex. a lot to say about it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, okay, like I will. Um, and I just like, it, I just put it off for like a month or so. But then I st- I got into it on the flight back from San Francisco to Mexico City. I, I downloaded it like four episodes of season two, and I am like on a tear now, and I, I like can't be stopped. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of the best shows created recently. And before we move on, I know I've like taken us off of your your story here, but yeah, just no, back it's on- fine. I have like this long story, and I'm like. <laughs> It's okay. It's just, maybe this will be a two-part episode. Who knows? Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> but for Rent, I've like this past week, I've been like getting back into. Li- I think it was probably because of my interview with Michael that like it kind of like made me listen to it again. But like I've been deep mm-hmm. into the soundtrack. What are your What's your favorite song from the soundtrack? God, Rent is so good. I'm obsessed. I was I was so obsessed. I was such like a little gay boy without even knowing. Um, <laughs> so true. Uh, out tonight. Mimi's yeah. Mimi's solo, another day. Like anything that like combines two songs together, you know. Yeah. La Vie Bohème. Yeah. Not even knowing any of the words that they're saying, La Vie Bohème, yeah, yeah. and then you realize, like, wait, this is so queer. I fucking love We're it. Like, wait, uh, this is literally San Francisco. Me living in San Francisco. <laughs> I feel like. Literally, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, sick. I get this now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Every time I play the, every time I play it, I, I queue up three songs in a row, and then I'll let it shuffle. And I queue up. Mm-hmm. I start with "Today for You." Um, which is yeah. Angel's song, <laughs> and then I queue up Love You Web, and then I queue up Finale B, and Finale B is like Finale B, Finale uh, B, yeah, that's probably <laughs> that's probably it. That's like that's like the tearjerker. That's like oof. That's what I'm saying when they mix the songs, and it's just like oh god, yeah. And what a cast! Like I love I love Rosario Dawson. I love uh, Adina Menzel or whatever John yeah. Ultra called her. Adele Dazim. <laughs> Adele Dazim, yeah. Um, also, another one I, that I got into recently last week is uh, what, light, light a Candle or Light My Candle. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. I love that one. Oh, so good. It's so cool. Like, And also, like, watching that as a kid and not realizing it's, like, about heroin and, like, gay yeah. stuff and AIDS. You're like, wait, why am I so obsessed with this? Yeah, seriously. Um, it's it's yeah. so fucking good. Okay, now let's like let's steer the shit. Let's steer the car back on back. Let's on the go road. back. Yeah, yeah like, so we love rent. Actually, this I have a good I have a great segue. So oh, perfect. Rent Thank was you for like the yeah, topic. exactly. Rent was like my favorite musical, and like to be honest, in a weird way, even though they're like all they all like are, I mean, because they're happy, even though they like have AIDS or like are poor or whatever. And it's like I fell in love with New York through that, and my parents were divorced, and my dad lived in New York with my stepmom, and my mom lived upstate, like on a farm with my stepdad. And I was like, I, it was halfway through high school. I was like, I want to live in Manhattan. So that was kind of like the big jump. So here we go. I brought rent to my segue of being queer, but well I moved to Manhattan and like, <laughs> I moved to Manhattan in high school um, and went to like a public high school. It was like such a different shock from like my upstate New York. Like it was like 12% white. Like I was around queer people, different people. Like it was not. It was not what I was used to. And like to this day, I think that move to Manhattan was like the greatest decision I've ever made for that reason. Just like exposure to not upstate New York people. Um, like, I don't know, just like everyone, like my best friend coming like from a train in the Bronx, like an hour away and like the privilege that I had living like downtown Manhattan and just kind of like starting to understand that like people are different, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was really great. Like I, it was hard to adjust like my junior year, but then senior year, I was like, we ran with like a crew of people. There was like 24 of us. We were like the core 24. It was kind of silly, but it was like all different types of people, like different sexualities. My best friend. That sounds like a workout, like a fitness, like a gym or something. Core 24. <laughs> it wasn't. We just like partied together. And I was like, it was just a people, yeah, a group of people that party together. Um, but I did, I made like a, a best friend and her name was Sammy Gay. Um, shout out to her. She's like, to this day, just like such an idol mentor, like partner, like someone that like I've shared life with. Um, and I always like, she, she was gay. Um, and I just like, I learned so much from her and like just being comfortable with a gay friend. I don't know. That was like one of my first, that wasn't like the outlier in the school that like maybe got made fun of or was different. Like she was like a lot of people in the school who were also queer or whatever. And I became best friends with this person. And it was, it was just like an awesome experience. So just like, without me having to go through like me being closeted by the way because like i know i know at this point like that i'm definitely different it's just a matter of am i gonna live that life like i still i still like women you know like i like i fucking love girls but i don't that doesn't mean i want to like have sex with them you know what i mean so it was like in my mind it was like tricking myself like no you're gonna live that life like i i love like women are the best like god is a woman type of thing like i surround myself and now today it's evolved to the point where i like surround myself by lesbians it's like women who like women like hell yeah that's that's the type of person i want to be around but i i don't know i was definitely tricking myself like oh yeah you have these thoughts and you've and you even acted on it like there was this app called jacked at the time that was like grinder for <laughs> that age i need to know how it was spelled j-a-c-k no j-a-c-k like apostrophe d i think yeah, okay. I knew it was something like that. It's never it's never just the normal spelling. <laughs> no, and here I am like 17 in Manhattan like lying that I'm 18 or something, but I this was actually a crazy experience because I saw someone from my high school on there and like that was that was kind of big because it was like, "Whoa," and they were not they were like not out either. And it was actually like speaking of like reaching out, it was like, "Wow, someone to like talk to." It, this was this was a big experience of mine that like as I was thinking about my coming out experience I was like wait that was probably like bigger than I thought it was even though at the time it was like kind of hard because like 
being the first gay person that I know, like we I kind of had like, this was my first like gay crush too. That was like realer than like, Oh, I'm attracted to that person on TV or in the street. It's like, this is someone I'm talking to and like getting to know. That situation is why I didn't, why I never went on Tinder or, or Grindr. Like I'm, looking back, I guess I yeah. could have like done some snooping on Grindr because you can have like, you don't have to have a photo, but that situation is exactly why I never switched on Tinder from girls to guys, despite like wanting to, it's even like when I was like, when I would get like drunk or something, I would, I still had like, I was so afraid of somebody seeing me that I, I couldn't bring myself to do it. And that, that just for, because like if I was always around somebody that I, you know, by the time I was like in my mid twenties, I was always around somebody that would have seen or like could have seen. And I was not anywhere yeah. ready to explain that. So I'm like, because of that exact situation that happened to you, but I, it's kind of, it's nice to hear that that situation can actually be a huge positive too. Cause like, I thought it was, I thought it would have been the death of me. If somebody saw no, and it, it definitely was like scary at first. Like I even I like I'm feeling the feelings of like what it was like, and but I like finding out that they were because I also knew they were closeted because they were like in my friend, they were friends with the same people. Like I knew that they weren't like out and gay, whether they might be to like a certain person or not. They weren't like out and proud and publicly gay. So I kind of like that was the comfort of it all. Like this is going to be our secret, which unfortunately might have started like a pattern in my life of like maybe some like secret like forbidden love type of thing you know what i mean where it's like like almost like the call me by your name theme like nobody knows and like this is cool no i don't know forbidden forbidden love like and even queers forbidden love like if there's something about it that's like whoa this is exciting even though i can't have i don't know but for me yeah this guy he, and like i mean we became friends and like i yeah i consider him like the first fuck boy in my life though like the first one that i was like you kind of played with me like you knew i like like i don't know it was and I would I would visit him like in college like and we'd have like these secret hook. It was like an interesting dynamic. It was, but uh, yeah, I hope he's he's doing well. I'm sure he's in New York City. He's a good guy. I also like throughout high school like I like would flirt with girls. Like I kind of like there was like a girl I consider was like my girlfriend. I went to um, prom with someone who like identified as female at the time, and <laughs> I I don't know I I definitely like kept girls like girls like had crushes on me and like I might have been called like gay because i like wouldn't make out i don't know like weird things yeah. but i definitely oh, yeah. always had like consistent girls like in my life um but then it was like okay i'm going to college like i'm going to umass amherst a fresh start but then it's like uh, my best friend sammy gay goes to the same college with me which is like rare in manhattan like people don't like go out of state as much they like kind of stay in the city but it was like okay my gay best friend is now going to college with me which you would think would be like oh sweet like but it's still someone that like knew me and like I don't know so like we went to college and like I joined a fraternity and she like joined the LGBT floor of her dorm you know what I mean so yeah went to different, different I continued I continued well yeah and I like continued to like push myself back in the closet I was like nope I guess there's I'm not starting over yet <laughs> I'm so fascinated about the fraternity system and so I'd be curious to hear how your experience was and how you think it impacted your your journey I mean, I think fraternities are pretty gay. I like if they uh, are the bro culture of it all. Not. It's like mine was not, and I'm so sad about that. <laughs> yeah, but I think like it's like I don't know the whole toxic masculinity of it all. Like, I, so my fraternity was like we were like the island of misfit toys. We weren't. It was like a, a fraternity in Massachusetts. It wasn't like the South. Like we were all like very great. We were like very good people. I'd consider like nobody was. There was we actually had like an out gay man who was like our, one of the founding fathers. Like. It was it was cool, but yeah, I don't I don't know. I I definitely was in the fraternity 
And like, I found a group of people and we actually ended up like running the fraternity. Like I was secretary in risk management. Like my best friend was the president. We had like our whole, we like ran it. And it was like a great group. Like we were like the Democrats who were like running this fraternity. So it was like, it was still on a good note, but um, it was definitely like a toxic, not gay environment, but like also like low key kind of a gay environment. Um, what do you mean by that? Yeah. I don't know. Cause I, well, the only reason why I say that like foreshadowing is like, cause when I eventually came out, like a few people followed. So it was like, it was like once I made the move, like, Oh, I'm coming out. Like literally there was like five people after me. They're like, I'm gay too. And like, I wonder what it's like now. I don't know. Like as, as it grew and got bigger, like it got way more like of a toxic bratty type of vibe than it was with the yeah. Island of misfit toys that like we, we made. But I was, I was like risk management. Like I was, I wasn't out yet. Like I was, I was taking, so I was taking like a gender and sexuality class. Like it was representation in the media. So I was like learning about myself and like watching all my fraternity brothers like perform this, like, and I ended up being that guy that would be like, I was like the masculinity police. I was almost like the best straight ally there was. I'd just be like, wow. So why would you say that? Like, why is he a pussy? Like, just like kind of calling people out all the time. Being oh like, my God. realize what you're saying. Yeah, I was like, I but I was like that. still the straight. <laughs> I was still like a straight doing it though, because nobody would nobody would guess. Like I I don't know. That's like the last thing that they would say. But I was like, I would definitely call people out. I was like risk management, so I like ran the parties and and like I don't know. Like you probably know from fraternity life, it's like what's your ratio? And like I was literally like, if if I had a campaign for like running for like office, it'd be like fuck the ratio, because like I would have people come up and they'd be like come on, man, like, it's me and, like, four girls. And I'd be like, I don't care. I don't know any of you guys. Like, you're not, like, I don't care about your ratio. If you don't know us, you're not coming into the party. Like, who do you know here? Wait, so you're talking about ratio of, like, girls to girl to guy ratio? Yeah, and, like, obviously, like, everyone who's, everyone in the party wants there to be, like, a higher ratio of girls. But I'm like, no, I'm like, let's have it equal in, like, people that we know. Because, like, I, I had a lot of friends that were guys who I was like, oh, they could be, like, queer. like who knows, like, they're more artsy, like they like music. Like I want them to come to our fraternity parties rather than like a random girl who I'm not going to hook up with. So, yeah, I was curious about that. <laughs> I was really curious when you said the ratio because there is this like the, this is like the cringiest thing ever. There's the ratio that the people in my fraternity would say they <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. They call it the chill to pull ratio, and I think it was like yeah, the ratio of like chill the pole it's like the written it was like i think it was like the ratio of like nights you're like just hanging out with the boys versus like trying to like pull chicks and like people are like people are just talking about people's like chill the pole ratio and i'm just like i physically could not engage in this yeah i can't even be yeah exactly oh you're like i'm chilling every night yeah i'm literally i know i'm no, just like that's... chilling with my girls every night that's all i want to do yeah i'm chilling i'm not i'm not pulling but i'm chilling with girls like every I, night my chill the pole ratio is like a hundred percent to zero like <laughs> Yeah, I was not pulling at all. Um, Wait, yeah. So how did so during college were you? Um, you said you were still like I was like secretly meeting up with people on Grinder, which was like uh, becoming a thing. I'm yeah, so um, jealous of that. Like I oh, I wish I had the balls to do that. Yeah, I guess. Like I, it was it was it was good, but it was like I also like secretly kind of had like a girl that I like went to every formal with, who was like it was like it's kind of hurtful. Like there's girls that were like really into me that like. I really cared about as like a friend. So like there's, there's I know like two girls in particular, that like kind of got hurt by that because it's like, I was I like, lying. Like, no, I wasn't really lying. I just like, wasn't comfortable yet. It's not but, lying. It's not lying. I don't think. Yeah. I, I don't think so either, it. but it's like, as I, but even as I get older and even as I'm in like gay relationships and dating, it's like, it's not okay to like, 
uh, like lead someone on with the benefit of like you feeling good and then like not, you know what I mean? So it's like at the end of the day, I feel like these girls, like they thought it was real and like, it wasn't not real. Like I cared about them, but it was never going to be like what they wanted it to be. Yeah, that's fair. You but know? like you don't, and also I'm, I mean, I can't, I don't want to speak for you, but I was in similar situations and you know, it's like these amazing girls who like objectively would just be like great to date. And like, you know, they're nice. They're pretty, like all of the things, like they just, they check so many boxes, but like, I could, I couldn't make it work for some reason. And you know, I, I felt bad as like, I, and I didn't, I didn't have the, I don't I think you might've had more clarity than I did at the time. Um, I was like, just in such utter, utter denial. Like I, and like, I, I've listened to your story too. It's like, yeah, you, you didn't really have anything to like coin it on. Like you didn't even think about like, I kind of, I, that the thing with me is that like, I knew, and like, this is also like halfway through college is when I'm like starting to like come out to people. So that's why I kind of felt wrong because in like once yeah. one situation in particular, like this girl I was seeing, I like secretly hooked up with this guy and then like, he really liked me and he like became friends with her. And it was like this weird like thing oh, for that's him, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, and that, like, I was like, that's not cool. Like you're like almost outing me, like whatever. But like, it was fine. Like it was just more feelings, but like, I, I think I felt wrong because, like, I was, like, I, I kind of knew at this point. I just didn't know, like, how to do it. And I still had the idea that, like, I'm going to live this straight life regardless of how I feel. So, yeah. yeah. So that's almost, that's mind, why I feel you, bad for the did girl. You still have, like, yeah, that makes sense. But in your mind, did you have, like, hopes of maybe making it, like, longer term, like, in your future, at least? Like, you know, having a family with a woman and, like, doing that whole thing? Or yeah. you... Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And like, I I've learned now is I like that I am like, uh, like pretty much a hundred percent gay. So it's like that was never going to happen. Versus like some people like maybe they suppress the gay side and they just go for the girl side. But in my head was like, no, I'm gay, but I'm going to like live this life and like have kids with a woman and like get married to a woman. And like it's kind of odd now because I have like a platonic best friend that like we might like you know like maybe we'll have kids together you know what i mean which is like interesting like in a way oh, yeah. it's like yeah oh yeah so it's like an interesting thing and like i don't even know if i want to have kids but at the time was like oh i yeah i'm not gonna live that life like that's not me that's not because especially going back to media like what do, what do we see like i'm not gonna be that like i i think for myself i never saw myself as like i don't seem gay like here i am like living in san francisco i have an earring now and bleached hair and i'm an artsy photographer but like I don't know. I'm still, I still have, I don't really get accepted into like gay culture sometimes. So it was like, I don't identify with who that is. So maybe that's not me. What could you kind of expand on that a little bit? With, about yeah, I guess I feel culture? like, yeah, well, I guess that's, that's like, that's still coming later. Should we? Should oh, okay. 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 We'll just mental note. Mental note. Yeah. I definitely have some, I definitely have stuff to say. Like, I got some shit culture. to say. Get off my I have chest. some <laughs> shit to say. So. Yeah. Like if you're listening to this, no, no, no. You're going to just put um, San Francisco on blast. You're going to put the caster on blast right now. <laughs> literally like you, you and you. No, no, no. I, <laughs> I think it's my, it's my own experience with like participating course, yeah. in gay culture and like sure. realizing like what, what works for me, what doesn't. So like even bringing up stuff like, Oh, I have bleached hair. And like, I, uh, I'm wearing an earring. It's like, those are things that I found were comfortable for me, but like, and I like, and I love pop music, whatever these things that we like consider like gay now, like yeah. I am participating in. But at the time I was like, that's not me. And then I like learned through experiencing stuff. Like this is not for me. This is for me. This is not for me until like yeah. I am my completely like comfortable self. That's the best part about coming out is you get to like, you get to figure out like who you actually are. Like, cause yeah. you, you put up so many facades and walls that like, you, by the time you're coming out, you're like, I don't even know who the fuck I am. Like, what do I even like? And yeah, what have yeah, I been yeah. doing just as like a show? And it's so fun. 
Yeah, yeah. it's great. And like you get a finally like like pop music, for example. I I think that I was so concerned about me liking pop music. Like like Oops, I did it again. That album was my first uh, second album. Only second to Savage Garden, which is also queer. Like he's gay, um, mm. and he like. And my favorite song was uh, "I Want You" by Savage Garden. Was like basically a song about him like not being able to like be with a guy essentially or something like something along those lines. There's like an article about it. Um, so like that tracks as well. But like there is this period of of my life. Probably I can do it by like Britney Spears albums. I would say probably from like. Oh my god, I'm the worst gay. I can't even like think of what some of her album names are. But like the one, well, see um, the worst gay. Like I don't even. I, I don't know. know. <laughs> like pretty, like <laughs> one or two albums after. I think Circus is probably the last one that I like somewhat like was into. But then I like completely shut off like that whole like pop music, pop divas, like girls. Like I shut that off because I was afraid it. With the exception of Kesha, somehow she transcended it and like. In the fraternity, yeah. like I could play Kesha and everyone was into it. All the guys. Oh yeah, into they it. the fraternities love Kesha. But but uh, I had to like shut that off. And so like when I moved to San Francisco, I didn't even like realize I did it. But I completely closed that part of my life off. When I moved to San Francisco, I'm like I'm like reintroduced to all of these like pop divas, and everybody's going to all their concerts. And I was like, oh my god, this is like amazing. Like everyone's going to like Carly Rae Jepsen. Everyone's going to literally Robin. Everyone's going to, yeah. uh, I never, I never heard of Kim, the name Kim Petras before I moved to San Francisco. And yeah, like, no. And no. so it, it was just like so interesting that I like, that was part for me. That was like a big, that was like the big, um, you know, I, I got to learn about like, Relive. you know, and like, and just live, like be, have interest in things and not feel shame or guilty about it. It's like, this is the no, yeah, like guilt, guilty pleasures. I'm like, no, yeah. I'm fucking bumping Charlie XX album as soon as it comes yeah. out, and like l- loudly, I'm gonna put it <laughs> yes. on my weekly playlist, and like people are gonna love it. Yeah, I, I think pop, pop for me was something that I got more into, like actually when I moved to San Francisco, you know, and I was like, oh, I'm accepting all these forms of myself, and I, yeah, I like pop music, but um, hmm, wait, I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna get there, so I wanted to. Oh, yeah, I honestly definitely... say to a point, yeah, we, we jumped around because San Francisco, I'm telling you, that is a huge part. I'm like, it's like, it was like the, the, you know, how the layers get deeper. Like I, like even now I'm like, oh, I'm fully myself. I'm like, nope, I'm still going to learn things. I'm still going to come out oh, yeah. even more, whatever it means. Yeah. But San Francisco was a big one. But my first, like the biggest thing was I first came out to my, um, that friend, Sammy Gay, the one from high school who went to college with me. I eventually just like came out to her and like, that was that was great. It was like through a text message. So I didn't even have to verbally say it. And like, then we talked about it. And she's like, she just taught me so much about like, go at your own pace, like learn about yourself, because she's been out and proud for like a while. Like she came out when she was like 15 or whatever. So I like learned a lot from her and like helping navigate college. And then it was like a slow process where I started to like tell my really close friends, like my friend Ryan, I remember I was driving with her like back to her hometown. And I like, it's always that big band aid moment where you're like, so I have something I like want to talk to you about and it's like really overwhelming. And then you tell them and then you just like, don't stop talking. And it just like feels so good. Um, so I, I slowly did that like with my close friends before I um, was going to go abroad for my junior year of college. So it was like, I was abroad and like, there was at least like five people who knew that I was gay back home. And, but being abroad, I didn't go abroad with anyone, no one from my school, like nobody would know that I'm straight unless I told them. And I was able to like kind of find myself like I went abroad in Edinburgh Scotland and um, I was just like free to be myself in like so many ways and like people didn't know yeah like oh he's straight like that this goes shifting to the part where like people like did assume I was straight but like that wasn't 
I, I never said I was, you know, versus like going in a fraternity and being like, oh, pull to chill ratio, like trying to lie about that stuff. It was like definitely, I don't know, the time for me to be like, I'm actually, I can go to a gay bar if I want. Yeah. But there's something about being in a, a different area, like a different country, a different city where you don't know somebody that gives you the freedom and the space to explore sides of yourself that I personally could not, I did not feel like I could do back in Austin where I was living at the time um, before I started traveling. And even, you know, I came out in Barcelona because no one was around me and I finally switched from girls to guys on Tinder. And I texted like similar to, I texted my friend Shelby and came out to her there because like yeah. I needed to be in this like other space to do that. And like, so you traveling like, when you're there, it's like, you're just, there's just like, no, no one knows you. You can be whoever the fuck you want yeah. and it doesn't matter. Literally. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's it's so it's so freeing. Just like, I mean, being abroad, like, is just like, especially in college, is just like, I think for anyone, even like, obviously, people are not like coming to terms with their sexuality. They like find themselves there too. So that just happened to be like a big component of my identity that I was like coming to terms with, um, yeah. and it, and it was great. And I and I was also taking a really amazing gender and sexuality class in Scotland. So it was like great to see like, and, and I actually learned that Edinburgh is like number four on like top gay accepting cities, which is like. I didn't know that at the time, but I was taking like the sexuality gender class and it was, it was taught me so much. And I had a really good teacher and I was able to be like gay with her and like almost like learn gay with her, <laughs> like learn <laughs> about like gay, <laughs> gay stuff, like through her, like as being my teacher and also like me, like coming to terms with it myself. So that was, that was really cool. Um, yeah. But I guess the, the big, so the big turning point though, like this is the big climax of my coming out story is. Also, no pun intended. <laughs> um, it's uh, I went to Copenhagen on like a trip all by myself. Like I didn't travel with anyone, and it was I like I went out and like I went out to gay bars. This was like my I didn't even go to gay bars in Edinburgh, but I was like alone. I'm like I might as well go to gay bars, and I like met some guys the first night, and like even went home with someone that's like hooking up. I've done before. The second night, like I went out and I like there's this guy I was talking to on Tinder because I was on Tinder while I was there, and I actually just like we never agreed to meet up, but I like just saw him out in the wild and I was like oh wow. wait we were talking earlier and yeah and it was like one of those like weird I have a lot of those like kismet type like things in my life where it's like whoa is this supposed to happen but yeah we just like whoa I've already seen your face I already know that you're gay like I already know that you're into me like let's start talking and his name was Lucas and we just like vibed and we had like one of like the most like just like a wild night like just like like really fun partying like met up with these other people they were like I went back to his house like nothing even like sexual happened, which is like rare for me when it comes to like gay encounters. Cause they were all like tied to sexual stuff rather than like yeah. emotions Emotional. like back in high school or whatever. Yeah. And like I, I spent the night and then the whole next day, like we walked around, like we even like held hands and we like got to know each other. And it was like, wait, this is the first real, like this, this is like, wow, I could actually picture myself like somewhere like publicly with another guy. And that was like, that was, that was awesome. That was just like, uh. I still to this day, like, I've even told him later, like, cause we're like friends on Facebook, like, Hey, you, yeah. I don't think you realize that you were like, you were that moment for me. And that's like, that's awesome. Um, I, so uh, once he, like he, he dropped me off at the airport and I wrote in my notes, like a letter, like an email that I was going to write to my family. And I, I feel like, I don't want to say it's copping out by doing an email because for people coming out, like, I don't know if you feel the same way, like verbally talking to someone and like seeing like, and having that conversation is amazing. I was just like, I have three siblings. I have four parents, step parents included. I was like, let me just get this all out in one email. Yeah, so I like sense. wrote this email and like, 
I literally like I sent it and I went on the plane and like I got off the plane back in Edinburgh and I like had all the responses of like, oh, this is great. Like we love you. Like it was it was automatically accepting like I knew it was. But that entire airplane ride, I was like, what the fuck have I just done? <laughs> like, that yeah, is crazy. you can't take like, that back. You can't take it back. Yeah. I was like, You're like I can't I send that email. Yeah. <laughs> uh-uh. um, and it I, was great. And like I it was a beautiful email, too. Like I still look back at it and I'm like. I worded everything how I wanted it to. I like, I like even refrained from using gay. Cause I was like, I'm just like figuring myself out, but like, I want to be open with the people I love the most. Like, this is who I am. And like, I hope that you guys can understand that. And everyone was just like, it was like waves of like love and excitement. And like, yeah, it was, it was awesome. I love that so much. And I love the story about you and Lucas that, that resonates so hard with me that I, <laughs> yeah. I had a couple of those. Cause I, I was coming out while traveling and like my sister and I, she was recently single around the same time. And so she was like, she was kind of doing similar things. Like, cause she was a nomad, she was nomad as well. And so she was like having these, you know, these short relationships, these shorter, like, you know, air quotes relationships um, uh, where you're traveling. And they're like so beautiful because it's just like, you know, that there's like this finite amount of time and it, there's no like confusion mm-hmm. about it. It's just like very like straightforward. And like you somehow, like, I think you, t- you said that you got, you were with Lucas for like 36 hours or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah and exactly. like, and like I had a couple, there was like a couple, like uh, really wonderful first encounters with like, a, not my very first, but a couple of my, you know, first couple encounters with guys in these types of situations. And they're like so special to me. And like, I still follow some of them on, you know, it's not like a huge list of people by any means, but like, I still follow some of them on like Instagram and like, I'm still, we still like, like chat, like just catch up, not really even catch up, but just like, Hey, hope you're doing well kind of thing. And there's just like, they were so important. These, these little, yeah. my, sis, my sister and I called them micro ships. Uh, we call them micro Wait, is ships. Your, your sister, is she, is she queer too? No, no she's not. She uh, had just gotten out of. Just like uh, had similar experience. Yeah. She was uh, married and then they split up and then she, so she was like dating again and, um, and she was, being a no, she was nomadic as well and so we would just we'd both bopping around different parts of like the country or the world and um we would just like have these little micro ships and like that was like actually a really big bonding moment for us too was like to be able to like chat about like oh so like tell me more you know how did the week with so-and-so go or whatever um so like i love that to this to this day like micro ships are still some of the most like intense there's something it's the same thing as going abroad where it's like this is temporary. Like this is going to end. I can like fully be myself with you. Like I've, yeah. I've had them as like someone who lives in San Francisco and so, like some guy from Germany is visiting. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Or like I went to Florence once and like spent like a whole week with someone. And it's like, obviously this isn't going to work. Like we don't live in the same place, but like I'm able to just like pretend like you're my boyfriend for like yeah, <laughs> five it's, days. And it's, it's, really and it's, nice. it's beautiful. Yeah. It's really, it really is. It's like a really beautiful experience. I mean, you know, if you, I mean, obviously if you like find a guy that you or a person that you're like, you can vibe with like that, but like, if you do, it's really fucking cool. Like it's special. Yeah. I, I love it. And like, let's be real. Like international stuff is just, it's like foreign in itself. Like yeah. we love an accent. We yeah, love, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's <laughs> they love a different, like, like it's there's like added layer of like attraction. Yeah, it's like very romantic. That. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, totally. oh, I'm walking through the streets of, like, Florence with this boy. Like, of course this is going to be freaking magical. Like, what? Wait, I, I so love that you, you, had one, you had one of these in microships, like, with somebody traveling through San Francisco. I've never, I've never like, been the yeah. like been the host of, of one of them before. I've, I've been the host. Been the yeah, I, I'm only thinking, like, there's obviously been, like, maybe, like, shorter, shorter micro microships. I really like that word. But, like, I know, there was one. Good. It was, like, Pride 2019 that I, like. I don't know. I just like really vibed with this guy and like he was here for like a week with his best friend and like 
my best friend was also here and like we all just got along and like hung out and like it was it was just like really nice and um we kept in touch for a bit too that's cool yeah that's awesome so then i guess once you came back from copenhagen and you had sent the email um and you you know you landed and saw that you had you know positive responses how how did that make you feel i actually like i remember like it was nighttime in edinburgh and i just got back from copenhagen i like remember saying out loud like maybe even like at a lower tone like i'm gay like i like i was like now that it's out there like i can say that and i actually like feel comfortable with it yeah and like that is when that's when things change like from that point is like things had changed i like when i went back home for the summer i was like coming out to more people i was like no longer like letting people assume that i was straight i would like stand up for it more like senior year of college was like much more artsy and i like drifted away from the fraternity and started doing things with like like in like basement shows and queer people and like getting to know like I had a first like real crush like back in college that was like this guy that like kind of like like I really like really liked and then didn't go the way I wanted but I don't know it's it's really cool that um like once you're out to like my family I was like nothing nothing really matters I don't really care anymore yeah that's I felt similar I was like once my parents know like I don't give a fuck like I, anybody can know and it yeah. doesn't matter it doesn't matter like if my parents are like who can why would I care if anyone else knew yeah. And like, and I like knew in my head that like I had told my mom when I was like way younger and we never talked about it. And she's like, again, yeah. the best, like even when she's like, when I'm abroad, she's like, so are you meeting any girls? And then I'd be like, no. Or she'd be like, or boys. Like she'd always be like inclusive about it, you know, without oh, like my God. rushing me. How sweet. Yeah. And like, and I was never, and I guess like, I, I like with my dad, I wasn't like afraid. I just think like any boy, like son, dad relationship, like my dad's also like very cool and like, socially accepting he's not like but it's still like a dad who like probably forces oh what girls are you seeing on you more than like my sweet liberal hippie mom would but (laughs) i don't know (laughs) like i for sure i i don't know it was my dad knowing it it being cool was like just another layer of like oh sick and i actually met up with like after my time abroad i like met up with my dad in amsterdam and it was like oh we just like got to talk about it and it was like now it's like everybody learns from me about stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you become like the, like the voice of you know whether you want to or not. Like you're if you're the yeah queer person that people know, like you are. They come to you with questions. You know, sometimes that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, too. it's like wait, I, I don't feel com- I it don't is. Feel, I don't feel educated or like I well, especially enough on certain things to be the voice of that for people. Well, yeah, I mean, especially like now because my mom just like she always wants to be like on the good side, like. I don't like, like I taught her, like, I don't see color. Like you don't talk like that mom. Like, here's why. And like, whatever. And like, but like looking to me to like learn about like trans or non-binary stuff. And I'm like, well, like this is like, I don't live that experience. So it's harder for me to like, I'm like teaching as much as I can, but like in terms of like a gay white man's experience, like, yeah, sure. I can teach them. something. Yeah. It's coming from a very specific lens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's interesting. Um, so I guess how did uh, how did you transition from after like coming out to your family like into living you know an open gay life? Yeah, so I mean, senior year of college was just like very again like very open like more artsy. I like had little crushes like would kiss boys like it was like and this is actually when I'm like I'm actually starting to like kiss girls like more comfortably too like in a weird drunken way where I was like eh, whatever like it doesn't matter like I'm just, I, like, yeah, I totally, get that. I totally get that. You know what I mean? Like I'm gay now. Like it's fine. Like they won't they won't be like invested in it. They know I'm gay. Um, the only time kissing yeah, girls college... was ever fun for me was when I was out of the closet. That was the only time it was ever fun for me because I was like, oh, this yeah, is like, which is like so like, weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every I think it's because it's like I'm not worried about like 
yeah 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 which is like and that's cool like that happens a lot when people like i wasn't sure if i was fully gay or queer or bi but i was like now i'm like pretty certain that i'm like 99.8 percent gay so it's like cool but i at the time yeah in college it was like oh fun like like again like women are beautiful and i love them so much but like do i want to have sex with them like no and i wish in some ways because they're so cool but i don't yeah so i can make out with like my friends friends like why not yeah why not so i guess did you when did you after college you didn't go right to san francisco or did you no, so I went to Denver. Um, my oh, brother, right. my brother, you and were in his. Denver first. Yeah, I was in Denver for two years. Um, my my brother and his girlfriend, who's now his wife and mother of children, lived there at the time. And so I felt like it was. I always wanted to live in Colorado. I wanted to live in Boulder. I like worked at a bar for a bit, and then I got a tech job in Denver, moved there, and I'm st- I'm like comfortable with myself and like still being like Denver. At least at the time, it's gotten a lot more queer. But like, or maybe it was me, like. I was still like the only gay, like I was the token gay in the friend group, like type of thing. Um, so I was still kind of being like that person that taught everyone everything and being like, huh, maybe you don't say this or don't do that. And like, yeah. oh, guys, let's go to the gay bars, like bring them out with me. And like, yeah. it was, I was definitely comfortable with myself. And I had one coworker who had actually moved, like almost like it's like me now, like he had lived in San Francisco for four years or whatever and just moved to Denver and he was a coworker. And I remember like, this is the point where like I wasn't even, like fully comfortable because he was like he'd be like he'd come out and be like oh she's looking like fierce tonight and i'd be like uh like he like you know what i mean like uh like i'm actually like okay i might be gay but i'm like still a he and now i'm like oh like look at that lamp like we love her you know what i mean like she is she she is everything so it's like at the time i was like don't don't make me a she i'm still oh yeah i'm like (laughs) like no she's she's she now like she's every pronouns are like I know, yeah, I'm like, everything I kinda, is she. Everything's she now. Everything is she now. And I'm like, wait, maybe I shouldn't be doing that. I don't know if, like, I don't know. Sometimes I, I think, know. I'm like, yeah. I, is that okay? <laughs> no, and, that, and like, it's, it's an interesting thing. I, like, this is, like, a point that I actually just thought of recently because I work at a coffee shop here in the city. And, like, I am very comfortable with, like, being male, being a man, like, he, him pronouns. Like, that's, that is what I identify as. But I don't like, I was realizing, like, when these, like, straight dudes come to like the coffee shop and are like what's up like boss like man like sir like and i'm like i don't like it i'm like i'm learning i'm like i don't like when you put it on me like don't like include me in your like toxic bro culture like i yeah like i i might be a he him but like you don't know that and like don't like don't assume or like don't 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 gender me even though i am comfortable with like what i present as yeah so no that's i i that that kind of like that kind of like talk like kind of triggers me too i'm like oh i don't like how that feels when you when you're grouping me in that um i don't like how that feels anymore like call me sis yeah it's like i don't don't, (laughs) yeah yeah call me sis like i'm like i'd rather you call me like she than like because that means that i'm gay but if you're calling me like boss then you're including me in your like straight yeah like toxic culture that i don't want to be a part of you know what i mean yeah no i get that Uh, i do get that that's interesting but yeah, I totally, I there's think, this, uh, when you said about, uh, the, there's this lamp, I love her. That reminds me of one of my favorite tweets. Yeah. Of, it's probably my favorite tweet of all time. It was this guy who goes, being gay is exhausting. Why do I have to walk, every time I walk by a lamppost, I have to say, we love her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is, that's what I took it from. It is so funny. I, so I, I love like the, there was one that was like also on a different note that was like, 
uh, like being gay is exhausting. Like if my tote bag falls off one more time, <laughs> that was like, a new, that was a recent one. I feel like at least I just saw that recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so silly. I Some love of those it. And like now, so I now I get it. But like yeah. four years ago, I was like I was not a part of that narrative at all. I was like, uh, I'm still he. I, like he's like he. I'm he. I'm man still. Um, yeah, that reminds me of like when when people come out, they're like, I mean, I'm including myself in this for the record. They're like, I just I'm just a guy who happens to be into other guys. <laughs> yeah, like I'm still I'm still a guy. I'm like, and like I become, and that's the same. I think that's so. SF has been like so. It's been such a beautiful journey, and like for the biggest thing is like getting me comfortable further in my gay identity. But like, it was kind of tough at first. Like my first group of friends here, I, I consider them like the mean gays. Like if you're, <laughs> if any of you guys are listening, no, no, no. Uh, but there's like, they, they exist where it's like, they're still exclusive. They like, they kept on calling me like their straight friend. And I'm like, this isn't oh, like that. Just cause I wear like a flannel and backwards hats. Like, doesn't mean like I would go to like Bo and people would be like, Oh, like, hey, like, just want, like, what are you doing? He, I'm like, what? Like, I'm here to fucking make out with random dudes, just like you are, or whatever. You know, it's like I'm here to like listen to Kim Petrus, like, just like you are. But it's like, so I, I think that's like what I experience. Like here, I, I slowly move from like the group of like exclusively like mean white gays to like, oh, like I started to meet more women and like more queer people, and like I had a great group of like queer people, and like that that was great. But there was a time where I was like, I didn't feel like included in the gay in the gay agenda like i was i was not i was like it hit me that i was like am i i'm too too straight for the gays too gay for the straights like where do i fit in you know it was like a weird moment like but i was it was weird that gay is supposed to be this like inclusive like like environment but i was like oh but not if i like have a deep voice and go hiking and wear and wear flannels like or whatever it is it was it was uh, uncomfortable for a little bit and i i just learned to like own that and be like I guess, I guess I fit in, I don't know. I'm still gay. And I, even my best friend, Jimmy, like he, like we sometimes are like, we're like the seemingly straight gay guys. Like, and it's like, it's, it's stupid that it's like that, but it, it is. And I'm like, again, I can pierce my ear. I can bleach my hair. And like, hopefully, will you guys like see me as gay now? Like, I'm just trying to like, I don't know, figure it out. Um, I remember for me, the biggest thing I remember, like going to high tops and like asking like actually watching sports and people are like, what are you, why are you watching that? And I'm like, uh, that's my team. I like this Michigan, like what? And they're like, Oh, sports ball. And then you like get, you get sports ball. People, the minute you say yeah. anything about any sport, every, the reaction of everybody is, Oh, sports ball. I love sports ball. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, it's just like, it's all, it's all silly. It's just like, I don't know. I, I'm still learning what gay means, what queer means, what masculinity, femininity means. And it's, I don't want to, I, I don't want to like have to wear a crop top and like listen to pop just to be gay. I want to like do whatever I'm comfortable with and still be into guys. Like, I, I don't know. And I, I, I'm very comfortable with that. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't really care anymore. <laughs> I think it also is like, you get more comfortable with yourself and like, so, you know, and you like care less about, you know, eventually about what other people think. And so, for example, if you wearing flannels and a backwards hat, like at some point you're just like, fuck it. Like, this is who I am. Like, I'm not going to, you know, go buy a bunch of crop tops or like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's just not just me. Yeah, example. exactly. Like, I'm not going to do that just to like fit in or like think that I will fit in better. It's like, no, I'm going to be more authentic. And I think that by doing so, you will attract people, you know, people that are similar and, you know. Who are like you. Yeah, 100%. Justin, thank you so much for for being with us today and sharing your experience. If listeners would like to uh, reach out to you about your story, or even just to you know see some of your photography that we that we talked 
talked about for a while. Talked a lot about. Which it. I highly <laughs> recommend you do, listeners. Go check it. Go check his stuff out. Where can they find you? Uh, yeah, my Instagram is Landsman Film. Um, L A N D S M A N Film F I L M. Uh, yeah, definitely reach out. I I'm quite on the social. All right, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Justin. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you, Michael. It was great talking to you too. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If this week's episode resonated with you, please take a second to subscribe and leave a review. You can find Reaching Out with Michael Constable on Instagram and Twitter at Reaching Out Pod, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Michael Wingsit. Bye bye, see you!